what's funny today is um, right now, as um, the show is broadcasting live on, on uh, Spaces, um, Hedera is having their um, like community developer call. So uh, interesting timing. I imagine quite a few people from the community are going to be in that Discord uh, developer call right now. But luckily, the show is, you know, 47 hours long. So after the call, we'll probably have some folks stop by. I'm hoping to have, um, anyways, I'm going to have some folks to stop by. But yeah, it's, you know, one thing I've noticed in the ecosystem just before we get started here is um, there are like so many conversations happening right now. It's, it's, it's really common to be on X or, or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. And see like literally multiple conversations, like either whether it's live spaces or live streams or whatever it might be happening at the same time. Um, I can go back like a year or go back two years and you were always kind of, you know, looking for, you know, where's the conversations happening? What's going on now? It's like, it's crazy. There's, there's, there's literally, I would say. Hmm. I would say close to 10, including mine, I would say close to 10, like really good Hedera focused shows out there. Like that's crazy. That's what we need. Um, so, and it's been an absolute pleasure doing this live for, for the years that I've been able to do it. So welcome everybody. We're going to get things kicked off. It's another week. In Hedera, HBAR, Hashgraph, HBARBarians, you know what's up. We're live. You're listening to the Hashgraph Enthusiast Show. Hosted by Brandon Davenport, a.k.a. It's Brandon D. Okay, it's episode 111. How crazy is that? The last day of January. Feels like so many things are like turning over and switching over. It's pretty crazy. Insert more coins. For folks watching the video version, I'm dancing to the song. Um, but yeah, I always come up with kind of a goofy title for the shows. Insert coins to continue. Kind of what it feels like right now. We, where It's like we're leveling up. But we want this uh, we want this madhouse game to continue. And we need liquidity. We need more coins. It is, yeah, as I said, it's January 31st, 2024. I've already about six times put 2023 accidentally on uh, official documents and contracts. I've been signing contracts recently. I'll share more later. But yeah, episode 111. I was even typing that out and I was like, how crazy is it? How crazy is that? Um, so, yeah, we got a lot to talk about this week. I'm not going to like do an overview of the stories. I mean, we're just really going to get into it. Um, and make sure to head over to hashgraph.news for everything you need to know about the show. Um, it's on... YouTube, it's on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on Google Podcasts, it's on everywhere. 
And like I said, we're doing a video version now, so there's going to be more clips. And I'm, I'm, I think people are really enjoying those. That's been great to see gain traction. Um, so off the top, I asked a question to the Hedera HBAR community recently. And basically the question was like, um, clearly we need more liquidity in the Hedera ecosystem. Um, that's been something I've been hearing over and over and over again um, from so many different people. Uh, when the topic comes up about like, how do we grow, you know, how do we grow the community? How do we grow um, the ecosystem effectively? And a huge part of that, arguably the most important part of that, again, from what I've been hearing is liquidity. That means bringing money into the Hedera ecosystem. And that's not generally as easy as it sounds for any network that's kind of um, in its earlier phases. Remember, Hedera, the Hedera network is still in beta. And so when you think about the ways to get, you know, liquidity, right, money from people's bank accounts into the crypto world and then figure out a way to get that into the Hedera world, you're talking about bridges and all sorts of different things, which when we talk about, you know, the barriers to entry for uh, cryptocurrency, you know, we talk about it all the time. It, it can be difficult for a normal person to, <laughs> for a normal person, <laughs> for a non-technical person talking about the crypto community, like we're a bunch of freaks, which we are, by the way, we got a bunch of, uh, we got a bunch of freaks listening live on spaces. Now shout out to you guys. Uh, take a minute, give the spaces a share. Like I said, the, uh, the Hedera is doing their discord call. So I think there's quite a few people in there. I actually think I might tune in and listen to it. I know that patches is going to talk about HCS 20 on, uh, on that call today, which will be interesting. I want to see if I can like, let's run a little experiment here. I got to log into discord. Uh, whatever, but yeah. So liquidity, <laughs> we talk about it and there's so many barriers to entry, seed phrases, figuring out wallets, non-technical people. We talk about this all the time. And there's so many cool things happening. Like we've got Galaxy that's really easy to use. We've got hash packs that's easy to use. We've got Kabila. We've got all sorts of other wallets in the ecosystem. And so it's getting easier and easier, but we still talk about seed phrases. We still talk about all those different types of things. But how do you get the money into the ecosystem, Right. There's all there's there's various ways you know people will buy HBAR and exchanges people will own assets on other networks and bridge them over, but um, there's all those different user experience challenges and technical challenges and that aside there's also marketing challenges branding challenges um, awareness challenges you know one key point of awareness that is brought up many, many times is listings on exchanges. So we're going to talk about that. Um, and I think that, you know, when we look at the week, uh, there's a lot of stories, I think sometimes that can fly under the radar in the Hedera ecosystem because coming out of the end of the year and, and coming into this year, there's been so many like heavy hitting headlines. This week, I think, some folks may look at it as a little bit of a quieter week, but 
um, sometimes, you know, I look at stuff like this and I go, Hey, here's an opportunity to really kind of take a minute and look a little closer at some stuff that, that might be overlooked. And there's some really, really, really interesting developments. And I mean, things where you dig around in replies on X or all those different types of things. I'm not talking about, um, you know, press releases or blog articles or videos. So Let's dive into a couple things before we get on the liquidity talks, just because there's a couple things to get out of the way here. Um, the first one is a reminder for developers. The testnet is resetting tomorrow. So that basically means all the testnet wallets, all your testnet dApps, everything like that. Uh, out the window, you'll want to like turn over some you know, smart contracts or whatever you want to do, create new accounts, everything like that. So just a reminder to developers, that's a relatively new thing on the network, but helps, you know, clear out the junk. It's effectively like the test net, um, you know, emptying the, <laughs> emptying the uh, recycle bin. Um, now, let's chat a little bit about, uh, let me see here. Well, I mean, I, I want to share a pretty cool update that happened recently, which was actually not recently, but yesterday. Wallet Connect. Um, officially kind of went live in the Hedera ecosystem. And I know this has been a big story. I was in, you know, I've been involved with this initiative. It's really been incredible to work with um, all the wallets in the ecosystem and the Wall Connect team and everybody. It's It's been like a organic community initiative and it's made it over the finish line. So put simply, it's it's available on on NPM as a package which means that it's really easy for developers now to just reach out and start using it. So, you know, big development. Wallet, like Wallet Connect is available uh, for developers on Hedera, which is super exciting. And, you know, what that kind of means is um, your favorite dApp works with your favorite wallet. That's the vision, right, is you can connect any dApp to any wallet, um, regardless of how those integrations are kind of put into place. So that's going to be really exciting for dApps. It's going to make their job a lot easier. It's going to allow them to focus on, um, you know, making fun stuff more so versus just underlying infrastructure. That's all taken care of. And it makes it better for wallets because, they're again, they're going to be able to focus on more features built on top of their platform instead of, you know, worrying about um, interoperable integrations. Effectively now, if you create a wallet, um, the, the vision again, if you create a wallet in Hedera and it's a new wallet and you integrate with, uh, this wallet connect library, effectively you, you know, can work with any dApp out of the box, vice versa. So really exciting update. I like huge shout out to wallets. Um, I also think just in general, it's like, you know, um, great for the community to see, competitors come together to work on something that's something great to see happen in any industry it, it shows on one hand maturity but it also shows that it's still early um so that's been really really great to be a part of um behind the scenes super good stuff um now one thing that i can't even imagine what it's been like to be behind the scenes for uh, that's not amazing um, but I mean, could be in, in, in a certain way is, um, FTX has just announced that they expect to repay crypto customers in full. So people that for, you know, that, that, uh, need a quick refresh FTX, 
you know, the second biggest at the time crypto exchange next to Binance, uh, which is also having its own issues. There's a bit of a theme here. Um, basically, they went, they, they filed for bankruptcy, SBF, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, the, you know, CEO went to jail and all this, you know, the story is a, the story is what it is. But basically, you know, as a, you know, company in bankruptcy, people step in, they try to figure out what's going on, they try to recover the funds. So it seems like they recovered some funds. We've been talking about this story. Looks like customers may be paid back, which is great. Um, that's going to be an interesting watch uh, story to continue to watch kind of unfold. Um, the other thing, too, that, hap- that happened this morning um, that was kind of crazy, uh, that we're still kind of watching unfold right now, is Ripple's co-founder, uh, Chris Larson, was hacked. So there was this news story that came out um, today, about a couple hours ago, and it was tweeted out by Zach XBT. It says, it appears Ripple was hacked for 213 million XRP, which is about 112 million US dollars. Uh, the stolen funds have been laundered through MEXC, Gate, Binance, Kraken, right? So a bunch of exchanges. And people were kind of like, well, Ripple hacked. Like, what, is, what does that mean? Like, what does that entail if, you know, Ripple's hacked? And so um, co-founder of Ripple, Chris Larson, who is uh, executive chairman, uh, tweeted out, um, yesterday there was unauthorized access to a few of my personal accounts, not Ripple, we were quickly able to catch the problem and notify exchanges and freeze affected addresses. Law enforcement is already involved. Is this another case of, you know, C-suite people just not doing proper security? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like two-factor authentication. Is this a situation where someone just like guessed his password and logged into his email? Who knows? But um, yeah, unfortunate. Also unfortunate was um, it appears the managing director for South Asia, the Middle East, and North Africa just quit, um, which is which is kind of crazy. Uh, a ripple. I don't know. I don't quite know what's going on over there. Um, definitely seems like uh, some stuff is going on. I hope everything is uh, okay. I think it's worth just you know giving a quick mention that it is not. Good to see negative things happen to um, other layer ones. Just not a good thing. Not a good thing for the industry. So hoping stuff gets worked out. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, that is crazy. Um, something else that's, uh, else that's crazy in a good way um, is that Hedera is set to pass 40 billion transactions, um, which is really crazy. Uh, we're averaging about 1.3 thousand transactions per second. So we're, you know, back up to number one on the charts for transactions, you know, ahead of Solana and Cardano and uh, those other networks that, you know, and it's interesting because the topic of transactions on Hedera is, is, you know, can be contentious just because, you know, the majority of those transactions are from Avery Dennison's at my IO platform. And that platform is subsidized by the foundation. There's a lot of, you know, conversations around that. And we've talked about it extensively on the show. I'm not, I'm not super concerned about it, but we do see, you know, if we look at Metrica here, um, we do see that, you know, from time to time, let's look over the year. 
um, there are these like crazy drop-offs in transactions, right? They drop off from, we could be at, you know, a thousand or 2000 TPS and it'll drop down to, you know, 50 transactions or nothing. And I think that can concern some people. I think it, again, it's largely tied to the business cycle of at my O Avery Dennison, but um, yeah, that's been really interesting to kind of see unfold. And it's been really interesting to watch the conversations take place just around transactions. TPS has been such a huge part of Hedera and the identity of the network, the identity of the community. So um, we're almost at 40 billion. And I think that, you know, there's definitely a little bit of um, not concern, but just, you know, attention put towards the fact that wrapping up 2023, we were, um, you know, we were hitting an average of almost, you know, 3000 transactions per second. Right now we're kind of rocking at an average of, you know, 1.1.3 K per second. So average is down. We don't quite know what's happening. I, you know, we've talked about how confident um, the Hedera and Swirls and foundation team are. And I think that bolsters a lot of confidence. We also know that many of the governing council members have use cases coming. They're years into their development or their R&D cycles. So we can start to expect to see some things coming this year. But yeah, it's it's definitely, I think that right now the attitude of the Hedera community is a little on the edge of the seat in so many different ways. Good ways, bad ways. Uh, there's just this... Uh, there's this additional attention. Everything's kind of heightened a little bit. We don't quite know what's going to happen. Um, and some exciting things happen when we least expect it. That's been really, really interesting to watch unfold. We had a big episode <clears throat> last week on meme coins. I actually had the creator of Grelf, Warlock Enki, on the show. We chatted about meme coins and stuff. Very interesting conversation. But that's all part of it. It's all, it's all kind of meshing together. You know, the, the, the D-Gen culture, enterprise, um, and builders, developers, even just people that hold HBAR and don't use the network um, are in this, you know, soon-to-be bull market. Are All those different crowds are kind of being crammed together, forced together. That's, what, that's what's kind of happening right now. And, and uh, you know, it's like the different cliques at high school, go to the lunchroom and it's like, you know, you get all these like infighting and all these different things. It's going to be very interesting to see um, how the culture of the community changes. Like I've said before, you know, we're not going to get any more like OGH barbarians. And what I say is like people that, you know, not that, not that it matters like too much, but um, people that were around for like go mint or exact wallet or before nfts existed or we can use any kind of like marker to to delineate you know what that is but people that experience those times they're going to continue dwindling a number and i think that um you know i think that a lot of those people you know do hold steadfast to the original values the kind of like all substance no hype type thing of hedera it's an enterprise coin and like i talked about on the show last week is like I, you know, Hedera as a network, Hedera as a culture has changed so much, right? I mean, when I invested in Hedera, there were no NFTs, there were no coins. Uh, the, you know, algorithm was patented. It was not open source. Uh, there was no Swirls Labs. 
there, you know, it was just a different place. It was a different vision. It was a different time. And, uh, literally just part of, you know, being in the technology industry, you have to change, you have to adapt, you have to throw things away, you have to take risks. And it's personally for me, it's been fantastic to see, um, even though imperfect, you know, Hedera embrace, um, the retail degen meme culture. Uh, when I say Hedera, what I mean, not literally Hedera, I mean, kind of like the diaspora of those organizations. Like we got the foundation, we got the association, we've got the, the DLT science foundation. Um, we've got Swirls Lab. So there's just, it's, it's just changing, right? And people are learning new things. People are trying new things. People are taking risks. And generally I find those to be the people that use the network. And I think there is a, a, a large number of people uh, lar, lar, feeling large. I don't think it's a huge group of people, but it's people that hold HBAR and don't really use the network um, that I think kind of can fall a bit behind uh, in regards to just the community or get a little bit out of touch with things. Um, I think that if you are taking your HBAR investment seriously, and you're depending on it for building wealth. Um, it's I, just being an investor myself in HBAR. It's a no brainer to use the network yourself and try out different things like DEXs and meme coins and NFTs and stuff. Try them out from even just from a research perspective, because you're going to be depending on people doing those things for the, you know, a, a, an initial booster to the bull market. Um, so I, I would encourage anybody that's on the sidelines a little bit. I mean, dive in, check it out. You know, it's one thing to, it's one thing to talk about how great Hedera is and believe in the vision, but it's also another thing to actually, uh, participate in it and not just hold H bar. Um, so because the other side to it too, is the people that use the network are going to shape it, right? The people who hold H bar and don't use the network are not going to really um, influence the network that much. They're not really going to um, shape it the way they want it to be molded. The people who are at the driver's seat, the people who are shaping the network and driving the direction more and more are, you know, is, is the, the community, the builder community, the developer community. Um, and it's really important to be a part of that and understand it. If, again, if your attitude is, wanting to see Hedera do specific things. If your investment thesis is literally like, I don't think Hedera can do any wrong. I think it's going to be dynamite. I'm holding HBAR. I don't know what it's going to look like. I just have a really good feeling. I have a high conviction. The technology's good. The direction's good. Well, there you go. But if you're just holding HBAR on the sidelines, you're not really doing anything, but you have a lot of opinions about the network, check it out. Try using it. You know, your opinions might change. You might learn some stuff. Um, so that's what I would say on that. But, um, yeah, I think that 40 billion transactions, pretty big milestone, but it's funny. It just, it start the, the excitement starts to wear off a bit. It's really strange. Like it is like literally world record setting stuff happening here. <laughs> and the dare community is like focused on other stuff. It's pretty crazy. It, sh- it kind of shows how, how mature this network is getting, which is, which is really incredible. Um, now another thing is talking about growth, talking about meme coins, talking about 
um, retail. I know this is something we're talking about a lot on the show. I know a lot of my listeners, you know, are kind of um, not fully plugged into this to this stuff. Not to say they're not for it. Um, it's just kind of new. Like we really have to remember that um, the. Uh, it, I'll give you a great example. If you were to go back in time to like, you know, 2020 or 2021, if you were to ask an H barbarian, how did they learn about Hedera? And this is true. Like most of those people will be like, Oh, I heard it through Mike Maloney. And like, who is Mike Maloney? Well, Mike Maloney is this like awesome old guy on YouTube that does precious metal stuff, which is like literally the antithesis of crypto. Right. I mean, you've got this guy who is again, like this precious metals guy, like not even stocks, not even any of that stuff. And he's talking about crypto and he's talking about Hedera and he's talking about this new network. And that's how I found out about Hedera. And Mike Maloney's a great example of kind of what we got to, what we got to do in this community, in this industry is like, there it is right there. A precious metals guy who is learning new things and changing his approach and, and adapting with the times, even at, even at his older age. So I still say we can take a page from Mike Maloney's book. And, you know, I think that that's kind of, you know, you go back in time, that's kind of the, the uh, genesis of the community, like literally of YouTube video. Um, but, you know, Mike Maloney's still holding H bar and he's rocking and rolling. So, and it's good stuff, uh, kind of random, but it is what it is. Now, growth, saucer swap. We What we see here is um, there's an analytics post that was shared by um, everybody, basically, in the Hedera community, saucer swap and the foundation and then community members and everything. It's great. Saucer swap has seen 68% month over month growth, or sorry, 69%. Nice. Uh, month over month growth. And uh, this is interesting on it for a few reasons. So that's a, that's a really uh, amazing number. That's awesome. Pancake swap ranks number one in users at 1.1 million users. So those are people that are active within 30 days, a gen, kind of a, a pretty standard KPI for web apps or platforms or whatever. And Saucer Swap has 11,720. So when we talk about 68% growth, we're talking about hundreds of people so or thousands of people. So it really shows like how small the Hedera community is. Um, but I think that it also kind of shows that potential because we are seeing huge growth. Like Saucer Swap is, you know, we've got like tens of millions of dollars of TVL We've got millions of transactions on one DEX and we have multiple DEXs now, right? Like we have H suite as well. That's a completely different approach, smart contracts list. And I think that you look at these numbers and you look at these types of things and you, and my brain kind of, kind of is two ways about it. I go, well, 68% growth on 11,000 people, you know, it's, it's not that impressive, you know, it's just, it's not that actually that big. And then the other part of my brain is like, that's something to celebrate, you know, that's part of this attitude again of in Hedera, we'll have these wins, right? 
or we'll have people that get excited about something. And there, it, there's just a vibe here sometimes, especially on the Hedera subreddit where it's just like, you know, kill the vibe, right? I mean, it's tough to balance that. Like I'm all for being realistic. I'm all for um, really being brass tacks. Um, you know, I'm in it for the technology, all that. But also at the same time, it's like, why, why kind of kill the energy? You know, like if someone's like, I think H bar is going to go to a dollar. It's, it's unfortunate sometimes to see literally people holding H bar spending so much time explaining why H bar is not going to hit a dollar, you know? So again, I think it's just like a bit of a, a bit of a change thing. So I see some responses to this and literally from the Hedera community, that will be like, well, 69% on 11,000 people is not that much, not that impressive. And it's like, sure. But at the same time, it's like people are excited about it and it actually is something worth celebrating, you know, like you have, like it's something, you know, and we were, we did not have a DEX a year ago. Now we have a DEX and we have 69% growth. So I think it's fantastic. I dig it. Shout out to Saucer Swap. Shout out to people in the community. Celebrate those, those, those wins, however small they might be. Celebrate those wins. That's what draws people to, to a network. That's what gets people excited because when they have those first small wins, they want to be in a community that celebrates it. Um, again, talking about tokens. I'm going to talk about a token. This one's, this one's for the, this one's for the, the, the Hedera fundamentalists out there. There's rumor of a new token launching that is not a meme token. I repeat, there is a rumor of a token launching that is not a meme token. This one's for you. Uh, Neuron World posted in, in replies, deep, deep in, also too, shout out, they had a, a um, uh, TV spot. I don't think they were featured in it, but it's running test flights out of the town. It's about drones. The drones would be used to deliver the likes of emergency medicine, food, or maintenance this supplies. Is, yeah, it's this. It's this news story, and basically, this was about how you know neuron is being used to you know make sure drones don't you know crash into each other in the sky. Uh, but deep down in those comments, way, 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 way down here, talking about a token, you know. It feels too, like real quick, it feels too in the, in the Hedera space. I get asked this as well. Um, these different projects that launch, is there going to be a token? You know, I get asked, like, is there going to be a token for this? So, uh, yeah, there may in fact be a token for Neuron, right? The, the uh, drone use case everyone is very excited about. I had a chance to spend some time with, the, with those guys in LA last year and had great conversations with them. They're pivoting from just drones to aviation and delivery and all sorts of things. Very exciting stuff happening with, with them. But they put out a tweet and they say, token launch is planned for quarter three. So watch this space. There will be opportunities to get involved before that though. So it looks like Neuron's going to have a token. Um, and that's really, really exciting. And we think about what does it mean for, you know, for a platform to have a token? Like, what is that all about? And, you know, we talked about a few episodes ago, WiseKey and their WiseArt platform that's going to be this kind of, you know, 
physical, digital, fractionalized NFT collection marketplace from like a massive company, WiseKey, um, and their marketplace, WiseArt. And they're going to be doing tokens and stuff like that. But interestingly, with that company is the tokens will actually represent stock ownership in the company that owns the marketplace, which is really fascinating. So I think that, um, like we talked about with meme coins and stuff, and a quick call out too, there was a HBAR Foundation Spaces um, that took place yesterday. And basically it was it was Brandon, the HBAR Bull. He was hosting a Foundation Spaces and it's you just kind of take a shot. Um, and he basically just set up a spaces with a bunch of meme coins on Hedera to have a conversation about it. And, um, you know, I just think that this, this kind of stuff's just going to be a little messy. Like I'm talking about, you know, these different cliques coming together. And I think it was just good to see, you know, the foundation embrace that kind of stuff. It's worth remembering that, you know, the foundation is an independent organization. It's not beholden to, um, the same rules and restrictions that Hedera is. And, you know, I think that it's going to be good to see that kind of stuff happen. I don't think it's as, as graceful as it could be. I don't think that it's like completely on the nose right away, but it's a start. It's something. And it was a good conversation. Um, and, you know, I, I encourage people to check it out. I think it was an important one. And it's kind of crazy. I mean, who would have thought, if, again, if we were to go back in time, who would have thought, I keep saying this on the show so much. I actually realized this last episode that I keep talking about going back in time, but it is really a period of reflection, I think, in the community. But if I were to go back and say to myself, my past self, like the HBAR Foundation is going to have a spaces uh, with like 12 different kind of like DGen random meme coins, I'd be like, you're nuts. That sounds crazy. But it happened. It's crazy times. For better or for worse, it's change. You got to stay with the times. Time marches on. This is this is uh, decentralization. People you, people are just literally going to do whatever they want to do. Um, now, another quick thing. I want to get through a few other things just before we get to kind of the, the main story of uh, talking about liquidity. Um, the other thing that was interesting to, to keep in mind, just a quick, you know, reminder for people is... We haven't had Hedera meeting minutes recently, which is strange. Um, I think I don't think it's we've ever experienced a gap this big. Um, but if you go to you know a quick refresher, Hedera, the governing council, um, publishes meeting minutes every month that summarize the conversations and decisions made by the governing council and the different committees. And it's, it's really great. It's verified on a platform called Proven DB. Um, and I think it's a, it's a good process. It's, 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 you know, more transparent than most organizations. And I think that reading the, the meeting minutes is, you know, it's as close as we'll get to those, to those meetings. I go on the website and the most recent one is October 18th, 2023. And usually these meeting minutes will be published a month or two after. But this is really weird, um, to be honest. And I wouldn't say concerning, but worth noting, because what is that about? We've got November, December, and now January coming up. We're getting on the threshold of going a pretty long time before um, meeting minutes. And 
November and December are going to be very interesting ones to read because that was the ramp up to Hitachi um, joining the governing council, right? And that was the ramp up to Davos. That was the, the those are going to be really interesting to to unpack. We'll unpack them on the show when they're available. But just a quick shout out, you know, looking forward to uh, to seeing those meeting minutes. Um, Australian Payments Plus. This is an interesting story. So, and I'm just going to crack a new, uh, a new bevy here. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Also too, a quick mention, uh, before we dive into this, we're talking about a, this upcoming story I'm going to talk about is about a new governing council member that we got that nobody realized. Nobody saw it happen. Um, I want to quickly just give a shout out to all the supporters of the show. Um, I literally couldn't do it without, um, without you guys. I mean, one of the big things, um, about this show is it keeps changing. It keeps growing. We, I started the show on clubhouse, right? (laughs) These days people are like, what is clubhouse? Move to Twitter spaces. Then the show, was made available on major podcast platforms. Now there's, you know, a video version. uh, And soon the show is going to, you know, have live video streams and stuff like this show's growing. And um, all this equipment that I have was purchased through people leaving tips for the show, just sending HBAR. And we're in it, you know, third year of the show. um, And this is, you know, long form, independent, community supported news and interviews in the Hedera ecosystem. And, uh, it's just one of my favorite things to do every week. Um, it's it's become kind of like my internal clock over the years. Uh, I no longer measure time in weeks, months, and years. I measure time in Hashgraph Enthusiasts episodes. Um, so if you want to support the show, please uh, check out the post pinned to the top of the spaces or just you know, the show notes on podcast platforms, if you're, or if you're watching on YouTube, it's literally right on your screen. Um, throw an HBAR tip. It's just send it to an address. I appreciate fun memos. Um, and yeah, just really appreciate everyone supporting the show um, and not having to do like sponsors and ads and everything like that. Really, really appreciate it. Um, all the info about the show is available at hashgraph.news. So, Another uh, governing council member joined. Uh, Huh? So basically last week or the week before, I can't recall. When was Hitachi added? Hitachi was added at Davos. So that must have been, yeah, that must have been episode 109. So that was the previous week. But anyways, we got a new council member, Hitachi. Everyone was stoked about it. Um, They're a very interesting company. We talked about it in depth. So go listen to that episode. But People were like, there were definitely rumors. Like I know Max Walker Williams was out at Davos and he was hinting at a, you know, a possible second governing council member being added and they're kind of rumors swirling and everything. And I don't know if people remember, but you know, recently Rob Allen came back to the governing council and, you know, for those not familiar with Rob Allen, he had a very interesting trajectory in the, uh, in the ecosystem and I've had him, you know, on the show as a guest many times, always love uh chat with Rob, but 
he was just a, like an H barbarian community member, a holder. He worked at, um, at FPOS and basically FPOS was a, ended up to be a governing council member. So Rob Allen was on the governing council. Then Rob Allen moved to the H bar foundation Interesting move. Then he moved to the Hashgraph Association, and it appeared as though his roles were really about establishing foundations, building out programs, all sorts of different things. And recently, he arrived back on the governing council. So what does that mean? He came back to FPOS, or what's going on? Well, there's actually a new entity, uh, and this isn't like super new, uh, but it's relevant here, called Australian Payments Plus. This is where Rob Allen is at now. And what Australians Payments Plus is, it was formed through a merger of three Australian payment companies, Bay Group, NPP Australia, and, drumroll please, FPOS. So what's relevant here? So the headline on the Hedera blog on January 24th this year is, Australian Payments Plus is now a Hedera Governing Council member. So what does that mean? We got a new governing council member. So we're at 31 now. Not really. Uh, Basically what this is, is it's not the same process of a governing council member. (laughs) People watching the video, I'm getting very animated. I'm doing, I'm doing like some kind of like Kung Fu with my hands. I don't know why. Uh, But what this is about is it's a very interesting thing to observe, which is a merger between various companies and then that that company spun out as like the parent company automatically becoming a governing council member. Very, very fascinating. So just to put it into context, FPOS was a governing council member. They merged with two other companies. And then so that final conglomerate was grandfathered in as a governing council member. Very fascinating stuff. And it, and it, really, it really makes you think um, about governing council dynamics and how they work. We're constantly learning about um, all sorts of different ways in which the governing council is shaped and moves and and changes. And here's a little bit about Australian Payments Plus. What this means is that most digital payments in Australia would now utilize the Hedera network. And we've talked about you know, FPOS's uh, use cases for Hedera, you know, their QR code payments and everything. There is a Hedera, the Hedera ecosystem and network and technology is deeply entrenched in the, the Australian market. Um, and Rob Allen is really championing that as the, you know, the, the self-proclaimed payments guy. So this is really interesting to see unfold. It's super significant because what we can hypothesize here is a trend of Hedera maybe becoming the backbone for microtransactions worldwide. Um, think about it. This the Australian Payments Plus is the backbone of most of the payment infrastructure in Australia. They're a governing council member. And this isn't a fresh governing council member, right? The, they're deeply entrenched already. Um, they're already engaged with Hedera. They already have live use cases. And this is kind of just scaling something up. This is kind of just like more of something good. Um, Australian Payments Plus processes billions of transactions annually. 
Um, and there's a quick excerpt here, which was Australian Payments Plus has several initiatives underway to ride the wave of innovation with Hedera, unleashing the full potential of distributed ledger technology to transform our organization. So what are these several initiatives? I don't know. Um, but again, I really throw some extra weight to this announcement because, again, this isn't like some kind of fresh green governing council member saying, hey, we're going to work on some use cases. This is a quote unquote new governing council member that's very compelling and very exciting. Um, it's effectively already been on the council for years and already has use cases online. So this is really exciting. And just to put it into context, if Australian Payments Plus if this was different and FPOS was never on the governing council and out of the blue, Hedera were to announce that Australian Payments Plus was on the governing council, it would, that, that would be a very substantial um, announcement. So uh, very excited for this. Uh, very interesting to see what's going to be happening. And, you know, Rob Allen fans out there, all you sharky Robs, is a big W, big dub. Um, quick tweet here from Zepsi as well. Uh, that's, you know, really what it's about. Australian payments plus as a governing council means the entire Australian payment system is now represented on Hedera. Very bullish. Seconded. Um, okay. So I want to dive into our main story today, which revolves around liquidity, uh, in the network. I want to ask the community listening live too. Um, there's a little comment button at the bottom right of the spaces uh, for people listening live. The question I asked the community is like, um, what, you know, let me just actually pull it up and read what I asked. I'm trying to remember, but I literally have the link right here. So I asked, uh, so it's clear to me that bringing in outside liquidity into the Hedera ecosystem is paramount importance. What things will accelerate this and what is holding us back? And I'm interested to hear thoughts from people listening live. I'll, I'll read those out too. But basically, lots of people left responses. I want to talk about them. This is less a story of me kind of like regurgitating news or whatever. And this is more about just elevating voices in the Hedera community on a really, 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 really important topic. Um, and I think it's important to keep in mind that in general, you know, um, Hedera is best for enterprises, but not only for enterprises. I think that's a point that I, that's being brought up again and again, which is there's, there's this kind of, uh, idea out there that's been out there for a little bit that Hedera by its nature is like only for enterprises, but that's really never been true. And even from the beginning, Lehman Baird saying, you know, it's an enterprise grade network, but you know, anyone can use it, right? Same as, um, if you have something that's military grade, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, people can't use it Any anyone can't use it. And I think the unique quality of Hedera is it's also, you know, the most affordable, which is very interesting, but let's dive into it here. Let's dive into some of these, some of these responses, um, because it's really interesting to me. Um, so H bar Joe, and, and, you know, for folks watching the video version, you'll be able to kind of see these responses and read them yourself. And uh, the thread will be on hashgraph.news. But uh, HBAR Joe says, 
Couldn't a huge part of the problem be as simple as access? If more HTS tokens had listings on the bigger central exchanges, I believe people would give those products a good look. Most people are adverse to leaving their comfort zone. We need to put the products into their space. And that's a great point. That's a, that's a big one you'll see coming up is central exchange listings. And there's an argument to be made uh, of a direct correlation between the price of an asset and the amount of trading pairs that are on exchanges, right? Um, if you look at you know any of the other kind of altcoins like Ethereum or Cardano or Solana or Algorand or whatever it might be, you know, they just have more trading pairs and they just have have a you know higher price relatively to HBAR. So there's a strong argument to be made for you know more trading pairs. Uh, Orbis eighty six says more big validators, um, and I agree. And and you know what I take away from that is community nodes. That's a huge thing that we're missing, and it's a bit, and it's going to take a few steps to get there. Uh, to get there, you know, like what you know, if if folks recall, it's like there are these different stages. There's going to be per, uh, permissioned nodes, then there will be community nodes, and then there will be permissionless nodes, right? And then anonymous nodes, and so it's this, you know, as Hedera puts it, you know, pathway to decentralization, and so that's a big thing is community nodes, and it's important because. It's important for two reasons. One is it's going to help the network scale. Wouldn't it be exciting to see, to, to stake your HBAR to a node that isn't IBM or Google or Boeing or whatever, but is a, you know, a Hedera community project, right? That'd be pretty exciting. But on the other side is a key criticism of Hedera has always been the fact that the only validators are nodes that operate the network and, and, and uh, you know, allow consensus to function are major organizations and and that turns off quite a few people. And so with the introduction of community nodes, we'll start to see um, a lot of those criticisms die down similar. It'll be the exact same as it happened with open source, right? If folks recall, Hedera was not always open source. Now it's open source. And that was a key criticism. Uh, Most notably Charles Hoskins um, founder of, uh, Cardano, you know, he said, I won't read the white paper for um, Hashgraph because it's patented. It's not open source. I won't touch it. And, you know, I think that that was the opinion of quite a few people. And so there are similar opinions that Hedera isn't worth checking out because it doesn't have more validators. And you can make arguments on both sides. We can split hairs and talk about the merit of those arguments and, you know, the pathway to decentralization and blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, is it would be great to have community nodes. So that's a great uh, point from Orbis. Um, uh, Tom, Tommy, he says more central exchange listings, um, more central exchange and decentralized exchange trading pairs with HBAR, more bridges and more multi-chain DEXs. So um, that is, really, really important. It, I don't think it can be emphasized enough. I think if, if I was forced to pick one thing, if, if I was at the helm of Hedera and I, and I could only do one thing to grow the network, it would probably be, um, accessibility like trading pairs, but it's so 
it's hard to know how that exactly plays out what's needed to make that happen. Like we've heard many times, you know, it can cost X million of, you know, dollars to get listed in Coinbase or whatever it might be. There, there are, there, there's, you know, there's wheels that got to get greased. It's a, it's a crazy world out there. It's a silly place. Um, but we need it. We need those, we need those listings. And I think that's a great call out. Um, again, um, cosmic says, uh, and Cosmic was listening earlier. Shout out to Cosmic. Um, Hedera community member says to attract new users, Hedera needs a degen moment as its current stability lacks the volatility that draws people seeking financial opportunities in the crypto space. It's that simple. And that's true. When you look at, um, you know, the Hedera charts, um, it, it can sometimes feel a little bit like a stable coin. Like if you really zoom out, like what's the first thing, right? What's the first thing people are going to do when they load up the H bar charts and they're like, I want to get into this thing. What's the first thing they do? Well, they, they go to, you know, all time charts. What's the history of this asset? And the H bar charts are crazy. We all, we, we, we have the H bar charts burned into our brains at this point. We close our eyes at night and we see it. And it's this big flat desert of, you know, between one cent and five cents. And then shaboom, February, 2021, we go from literally three cents to 40 cents, right? And then we go back down and then we go back up and we go back down and it's very exciting. Um, and it, and it attracted a lot of attention and volume would reach a billion dollars in one day. Sometimes it was crazy. Um, and then we're back down and, you know, now since June, 2022 until now, it's like, we're really ranging, you know, between four cents and 10 cents. It's not really that exciting. Um, and that's a great point. We need, we need, we need that kind of wacky price action on H bar. And so this is where the conversation surrounding meme coins and stuff like that gets very interesting because the ecosystem does offer that in a limited capacity with the with with the meme coin space, which is very exciting for people. And so you kind of look at this stuff, um, and you you know you look at H bar, you look at the price action of H bar, and it's just not really that exciting right now. Uh, and, it, and it just depends on how you look at it. And, and again, there there's two main ways to look at it, right? You can look at it as like a a knowledgeable deep value investor and go, well, clearly, you know, H bar is ranging and the fundamentals are on the up and up. And I read the Masari crypto report and the network is going up in different metrics and it's, it's consolidating and it's building and there's a golden cross and the MACD is over, you know, there are size oversold or whatever. So there's those people that do see the value and opportunity in this and that, but the majority of people just want to see big green candles and, you know, throw money into it. So they're, they're definitely, you know, when someone says, you know, Hedera's quote, degen moment, um, you know, it, we had one, right? And it was funny because we had one before we even had any tokens, NFTs or meme coins or anything on the network. Now we do. Um, let's see here. So uh, Tatsuyaki says, we need to collaborate with other chains publicly in multiple forms, from integrations to spaces, and then we need to communicate value effectively. So that's a, that's a great point too. It goes, it goes back to what 
Lehman Baird was saying at Davos, which is, you know, tri- you know, the, the end of us will be tribalism. Um, we look at the partnerships that Swirls Labs and the DREC Alliance is forming with Dow Garand and potentially, you know, Cardano and Ripple and, and those different types of things. And it's very exciting. And that's all part of it is you want to build bridges for liquidity and you also want to br- build bridges for people. You know, there's two sides to it. It's like you, you got to bring the money in for sure, but you also have to bring the people. And those are two separate operations sometimes. Um, I think that uh, No Man's Internet, shout out, uh, very regular listener to the show, says easy and affordable access to stables, including HUSDC. And this is a big uh, point of conversation um, for the community is, you know, stable coins, the fact that we have, you know, USDC minted natively on Hedera and that it is underutilized and, and undercapitalized. And I think that that's also a huge topic and opportunity uh, for the ecosystem. So I think that's really important. Uh, Lord Crypto Mang says we need more builders, more DEXs, derivatives and lending protocols, etc. More places for people to degen and have fun in crypto. I still play on Phantom and Avax over there. We're spoiled for choice. I think it's coming though. Um, and they bring up a specific example of serial finance, which I'll talk about uh, just a little bit later on the show. But that's also a great point is we need those bridges and we need that liquidity coming in. But also a big, you know, a big part of this is like, um, what do you do when you get here? What what DeFi products do you have? People want lending. People want borrowing. We don't quite have those things yet. Um, you know, we need retail oracles. There's certain pieces that we need here. Um, so that's also an angle to look at it from. Really, really great points. CryptoLogic says liquidity will come as adoption ramps up as the market moves away from hype and into retail life use cases. More ways to make life-changing money, airdrops, ICOs, etc. As council members announced, and uh, live that brings hype for example tesla and nvidia i mean that's the other side to this too is uh, uh this community member brings up a great point too is you know i think that the hedera community collectively is like well you know what are you expecting you know a governing council member announcement to pump the price it's not going to happen right it's just it's it is not going to happen you know we get we get hitachi we get dell technologies we get whatever i think there was a bit of a pump on google being added and stuff like that but in general, people are like, eh, you know, but again, the examples that they bring up, right? Tesla, NVIDIA, we've, we've heard Apple, we've heard Amazon, we've heard um, all sorts of different companies potentially being added to the governing council. And there is a case to be made for that. Um, what if NVIDIA was added? What if, you know, one of those, um, very retail focused companies are added to the council. Remember like companies like Hitachi and Kofra and IBM and stuff. These are not generally consumer facing companies. It's, it's not something people generally will get like super excited about. It's stuff that, you know, H barbarians will get excited about, but you think about a company, you know, again, like Tesla or like something like that. And yeah, that would probably have a big impact and generate a lot of awareness. So I don't think it's, I don't think we totally throw out, the possibility of governing council member additions bringing attention to the network, um, but it would have to be a very particular one. So those are those are great points. Uh, Blockfisher says here are a couple of things missing. There needs to be real world asset marketplace. 
I should be able to buy a vintage shirt or hat from someone in the community and pay USDC. We need a new site that takes microtransactions. Please, someone uh, resurrect the daily timestamp. That's so funny. Uh, That's a really deep track for the Hedera community. There was this website back, feels like 40 years ago. uh, There was a news website on Hedera where like you would do micropayments to read news stories and stuff like that. So that's another thing is um, lots of like innovative products, lots of things for people to do. That's what it's all about. People, like when people come over here and they get these assets, these NFTs, these tokens, HBAR, giving them stuff to do with it is important. Um, the, the, the goal here is to shorten the amount of time between someone learning about Hedera and then having a positive experience on the network. That's what this is all about is how quickly can that happen? Uh, go tribal.hbar says a real world asset and crypto exchange built on Hedera, buying that real world asset and pay a few, uh, and a few play coins on Hedera while it goes a long way. People only need to experience the low fee security and finality to understand that the hype is real. And, th- and again, that goes to, that goes to my point of what I'm saying is like, um, you got to have those experiences and seeing, you know, real world assets being brought up. That's really, that, that's extremely interesting because that gets even closer to people's, um, real world lives. And just on the periphery of this, a, a use case that I keep bringing up on the show, probably too much is coupons. I mean, you know, the new coupon standard is very exciting. We talked about the recent news that, um, the Toshiba, right. The number one point of sales hardware system. If you go to a store and you check out at the counter, you're that's probably happening on a Toshiba point of sale system. Toshiba has, um, been, and, and I think already has integrated the new coupon standard, leveraging Hedera into their point of sale system. So there's going to be also a flood of those different types of use cases. And those are exciting because, um, they kind of touch in that zone that, that, um, you know, Lehman will, will mention a lot, which is people will use the network without realizing it. And so that's also another angle to look at it from is like improving people's lives, bringing value to the marketplace without people understanding or knowing that it's Hedera is also very interesting because it changes the way people think. Um, you know, you think about, you know, one of your parents going out and, you know, using a coupon and, you know, saving some money on milk and just, you know, like, Oh, this is so much better than it used to be. And, or even people trying to transfer money between their banks or different things like that. And knowing that like, Hey, this is a network you can actually buy a little piece of. You can buy a little piece of this network. Um, you could change it to, you know, do something new if you wanted to. Like, it's it's just a really interesting world we're heading into. Um, also, too, um, Laser Hands said, the governing council, the governing council is rammed with Fortune 500 companies, some of which are the best and most profitable tech companies in the world. It's not like the ecosystem should be short of liquidity at all by any means. Things take time. I think that's uh, that's another thing that's brought up is when we talk about liquidity, it's like, well, my God, like liquidity. I mean, we've got Google. We've got IBM. And, you know, I think, again, it's worth remembering that what we're talking about is people actually moving their money from their bank accounts into the Hedera ecosystem. That's really what we're talking about. And the multitudes of different paths and pitfalls and challenges 
that you have to go through and, and travel through to, you know, get your money into the network. It's still not super easy. And I think, um, I think the problem that a lot of people speak to when we talk about liquidity is the fact that um, there is a lot of liquidity that wants to get into the ecosystem. That's the other part of this too, is there's, there, there's a lot of money that wants to get into the Hedera ecosystem that just, it, 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 there are barriers, there are blockers and, and, and those need to be removed. That's the, the that's the whole other side to this. Um, I get messages. I'm sure projects get messages about, um, you know, Hey, where can I buy H bar? I can't get it on, you know, Coinbase where I live, or I can't, I, you know, there's no exchanges that have it where I live or, um, you know, I've got a bunch of this asset and I want to port it to Hedera. And so th- again, like it's not just about raising awareness. So people go, Oh, this is great. I'm gonna move my money there. It's like, it's also about the fact that there are people already looking to dive in and it's just difficult. So there are as well barriers to remove. Um, Someone bring uh, Dom James also on this thread brings up a great point. Um, we need a killer use case. If Hedera doesn't bust a move in 2024, we may have a big problem. The technology is superior, but honestly, that doesn't matter if not enough eyes are on it. And this goes back to something I thought was interesting um, from last week, which was uh, Shane, the CEO of the HBAR Foundation, is you know he talks about this cornerstone deal. Um, which he describes as, you know, very large scale um, consumer facing use case that leverages Hedera um, and incubating those types of things. And you can look at some existing ones we have being that karate combat has a strong um, case to be made that it could be that cornerstone deal. We don't know, but I think that there's definitely merit to that. Um, you know, I, I we, we do need, something that is built inside of our ecosystem that brings value to millions of people, right? It's not just about um, bringing resources and ideas and teams and products from uh, outside of Hedera into Hedera. It's also about groundbreaking things emanating from the ecosystem. And so like, that's a really powerful thing is like, what if we had um, a really killer startup or application or project that touched the lives of so many different people in a crazy way that was consumer facing, right? That wasn't, you know, international bank remittances or CBDs or, or supply chain carbon offsetting or this or that, you know, that was something very direct for people that improve their lives at a large scale. It's like, that is, I think a big focus for, um, you know, the H bar foundation, you know, Hedera's world. I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the focus of everybody in web three because we just haven't really, no one's really, um, had that yet. I mean, there are platforms that, um, you know, millions of people use, but even, even things like, you know, the Starbucks NFTs or different things like that. It's not something that can, can penetrate the, the consciousness of, the, you know, the, the global or even just American consumer base is not something that's top of mind for regular people. So it's really interesting, very interesting stuff. Um, continuing on with some of the responses here. This is great to, this is great to read these through. Um, uh, definitely marketing. Uh, Dennis V says outside of our community, I don't see H bar being advertised. Um, and I think that's also another like interesting topic to, to bring up is 
you know, Hedera is just not going to advertise HBAR. They're not going to promote HBAR. It's well known that, you know, Hedera as an organization, like people at Hedera, like are very restricted in the different types of things they can engage with and things that they can do. The Hedera account is, there's a lot of red tape. And again, I think that it's a very conservative approach. I think that's, it's something that was very appealing. Um, for a lot of original investors, but it is what it is. Hedera, you're not going to see Hedera promoting HBAR. It's just not going to happen, um, at least in the very in the short or medium term. Uh, but yeah, you're just not going to see that until there's some drastic change to regulations or something like that. The people who need to um, promote HBAR is you know the foundation uh, and you know the other associations and and uh, you know organizations that are tasked with ecosystem growth, but really the found the HBAR foundation is kind of the tip of the spear for that kind of stuff. So it, they're the ones that are responsible for exchange listings. They're the ones that are tracking those different growth metrics and everything. So that's really important. It, it all ties back. Um, and, and again, when we talk about awareness and different things like that, like what's the best advertisement you can have as a crypto, right? The best advertisement you can have is, um, is an exchange listing is being listed on an exchange. That's a, that's an advertisement. Um, Space ape says, I wonder if H bar not being in the top 10 cryptocurrencies is the biggest factor. Perhaps the landscape will change in ways we can't predict over the next few years. That brings liquidity without being in the top 10 list. The good news is we are seeing user and developer growth. And that's another big thing. Uh, um, Lehman and Mance, and so many people in the ecosystem, you know, are, have always said, you know, Hedera is going to be a top five coin. Um, you know, we're still, where are we at in, uh, in the ranks here? I haven't checked in way too long. So we go, we're usually around number 30. Jeez, we're at number 37 in market cap. So we've moved down considerably in the rankings. And I think that's kind of, what we're all talking about is it, it's, it can seem dumb, but websites like coin, Mar- coin market cap and different things like that um, is, you know, the fact that you have to have this kind of exposure. It's very important um, to have that kind of exposure. Now, let's c- just continue on here with some, some last people. Uh, we need a really good game. Uh, Drover.hbar says, yeah, I, and, and we've got, you know, Lethos, we've got Doctor Who, we've got some good gaming use cases, but yeah, we need something to go live at scale. Um, and let's see here, continuing on. I got a bunch of new comments. I have to go through these, but I'm happy to take the time here to kind of read through some of these responses and dive into some of these points because it's a really huge conversation happening these days in the Hedera ecosystem that I don't think happens enough. Um, is liquidity. Uh, I think that that's just a very, very um, important thing to keep in mind. Now, moving on, uh, another story today uh, is the Masari crypto report. Now, again, quick reminder: Masari is you know funded by the, you know funded by the H Bar Foundation for these stories. Um, and a quick mention: um, I know that right now. I think like there's a big Hedera space is happening right now. So we don't want to go too much longer. Uh, Genfinity, good friends of the show, is doing a Twitter spaces right now. 
Um, it's very, very interesting. So, uh, we're not going to go too, too, too long here, but, um, the Masari crypto report came out and there's a few highlights here. So basically like what the report does is it goes through, um, a bunch of different, um, key metrics, uh, in the Hedera ecosystem. It's, it's pretty holistic too. Like it goes, it goes through retail, it goes through enterprise, it goes through the governing council, it goes through so many different things. And a lot of these charts are very well done. Um, this is a really great resource to send to somebody that, you know, is seriously, um, you know, looking at HBAR, um, or interested in HBAR from a, you know, an investment perspective. This is a pretty, pretty good report. Um, so Nick Garcia, who is at Masari Crypto, uh, tweeted out a few different highlights from this specific, um, Hedera report. So, you know, transaction volume set an all time high total value locked is set an all time high. A $400 million ecosystem fund was announced, right? We talked about that um, episode 109. And EVM tooling continued to improve. Uh, So quarter four, the network's transaction volume saw an increase for the sixth consecutive quarter, achieving an all-time high of 164 million daily average transactions. That's crazy, 164 million transactions in one day. That's 66 growth quarter over quarter. Um, And the consensus service remains the prominent source of this. Now, this was an interesting thing too. So we look at TVL, 169% growth year over year. Really, really interesting. Um, By the end of quarter four, the Hedera network ranked top 40 by TVL among blockchain networks. So again, to put that in perspective, Hedera like had zero TVL for a very long time. Um, now, that is no longer the story. Governing council is strong. Um, now, the market supply, or sort of the market cap is growing. Circulating market cap increased 78% quarter over quarter, 2.9 billion. That's very interesting to see. Um, also, too, th- th- there's one question that was raised by this report um, is... Revenue. I don't know. Like from what I'm seeing here, this is one thing that's that's really interesting to me. Is what I'm seeing here is does this include Atma.io consensus transactions? That's that's something I need to reconcile in my mind because when I look at the revenue charts here, it follows the same pattern as the transaction charts on Metrica, right? If we go to um, the last three months, the last quarter, or let's just look at the last year. Um, right. Look at this, look at this chart here. I'll just, I'll just zoom in a little bit, right? Look at this chart here and then look at the revenue chart, um, on the report, right? It's pretty much the same. And to me, that's really like interesting because is Avery Dennison revenue being counted as this, you know, growth in revenue, which is really interesting. It's, I'm on the fence. Like, I don't know if it should be because again, all those transactions are subsidized by the foundation. So yeah, I got to do some more thought on it. I got to get to the bottom of it, but that's my big question right now is, is this revenue data? Does it include revenue from at my IO? That's going to be very interesting kind of to get to the bottom of, but Good report. I love the Masari Crypto reports. It, it gives a good view. And again, like I said, it's just a good resource to kind of just send to people who are um, curious about Hedera 
from an investment perspective. Um, also, too, the other thing is um, there was a Dovu Community Spaces recently. Um, that was really interesting to see. They talked a bit about the about kind of the vision of what they're going to be doing at Dovu. Dovu is a project um, that a lot of people um, in the Hedera community are very excited about, including myself. I've had Matt Smithies um, on the show uh, many times, lots of great conversations. Um, they've published their roadmap. Um, and they also have basically Dovu OS, which is this new approach to carbon offset stuff. We've talked about it on the show extensively. I'm not going to go in depth to it and kind of reiterate over it again. But what I will say, go listen to the Twitter spaces that Dovu did um, this week. It was very, very good. It was with uh, the CEO and the CTO of Dovu. They go over this stuff. They share some alpha. Um, and it's not, again, it's not like a whole lot that we haven't talked about on the show before, but definitely go listen to it. Definitely go listen to it. Um, serial finance. This is another story that is, that has been, a you know, an interesting one to see kind of unfold. Uh, because one thing that we've been crying out for in the Hedera community is lending and borrowing, right? That is something that is missing that when we talk about liquidity, when we talk about giving people things to do in the community, lending and borrowing is something that's brought up many times. And so there's this, uh, this company and, and also too, I just want to touch on this real quick. So head starter, um, Hedera use case. Um, you know, I talked to Tudor at head starter, you know, frequently, you know, awesome startup on Hedera, great organization. Um, they do a lot of different things like, you know, most people will be familiar with the, you know, initial NFT offering they did for the Citadel wallet, all that good stuff. They have a program called zero gravity and they're doing, you know, grants for like, you know, $25,000 or whatever. So like, this is really good stuff. This is like grassroots community growth. Um, I love to see this and one of the one of the uh, you know first grantees of the program is Serial Finance from Astrid, which is a blockchain uh, development firm that's building out a lending protocol on Hedera. Um, this is very very interesting and very very exciting. So a little bit about um, about Serial. So um, Serial is a lending protocol built on the Hedera network that aims to provide an excellent user experience through Hedera's speed and scalability incorporates machine learning to help decrease liquidation events by predicting loan risks. Um, so their website also outlines Sierra's roadmap, including the launch of their DAP in this quarter, this year, so very soon. Um, and they're going to be releasing an initial machine learning model in the second quarter of this year, including a governance token and system in quarter three. Uh, and updating the machine learning model in quarter four. So a pretty high level um, roadmap. But what I find interesting is the kind of the, the, the AI component, the machine learning component of this. Uh, because again, with borrowing and lending in Web3 and crypto, <clears throat> you know, you definitely, there's many risks. <clears throat> so, excuse me. So when I read... Uh, you know, things regarding, you know, 
uh, decreasing liquidation events, uh, being able to predict loan risks, different things like that. That's very fascinating stuff. And basically, uh, when you look at their website, it, you know, it seems pretty compelling, right? Here's their roadmap. Um, and it's pretty straightforward stuff, but um, they're, you know, they're teaming up with Hedera. They're, you know, they're teaming up with um, Headstarter, Blade Wallet, Saucer Swap, Hashpack. So some of the usual suspects. And, you know, I like the sounds of this. Now, is this the first time we've had borrowing and lending on, on Hedera? Kind of, no. I mean, we've had NFT lending and borrowing and different things like that. There's been a little bit of experimentation, um, some trial and error. But we ne- we haven't had like a true borrowing and lending platform as people in Web3 are familiar with it. So I think it's going to be a big step up. I'm going to be following the story. Um, maybe we'll have uh, serial finance on the show, right? Maybe we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see what's going on. But, you know, I dig it. Um, now, I want to talk about another story, which is Quick Pick. So... This was one that kind of grabbed my attention um, that we've kind of been following a little bit, but this is kind of a new headline that that wraps this up pretty nicely. So QuickPick is a delivery pa- platform that obviously leverages Hedera uh, that allows people to send packages within Africa. It uses Hedera's consensus service to immutably record delivery details and carbon emissions on Hedera. This provides transparency and protects drivers. QuickPick also uses Hedera's token service and a stablecoin called KPL for payments. So right there, a new use case in, um, in, in developing economies, leveraging both the consensus service and the token service. We're starting to see more of these use cases. Um, I remember I was in LA uh, chatting with Mance Harmon, the co-founder of Hedera, and one of the things that he kind of brings up is like, the Hedera consensus service is the gateway drug to Web3, right? Because the consensus service is really cheap and it plugs into existing business workflows. Um, it's not, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So once you try it out, organizations and enterprises kind of go, hey, this is great. There's more stuff on here. So you look at a use case like this and you go, okay, cool. They're using multiple services on Hedera. The platform, QuickPick, aims to promote financial inclusion in Africa by creating jobs, expanding access to markets for local businesses, and encouraging the use of digital payment methods. Already, QuickPick has carried out 4,500 deliveries, has 650 app downloads, 110 motorbikes under QuickPick management, and 25 paying business-to-business customers in Nigeria, Ghana, and beyond. So, again... Similar to the, you know, we were joking about the saucer swap growth of, you know, 69% of 11,000 users, right? I saw some responses to this story, uh, people going 650 app downloads. That's nothing. That's tiny. Again, you know, we were going from zero to 650. That's something. You have to start somewhere. And, And, you know, when we talk about these types of use cases, a lot of times people go, well, okay. Is it actually using Hedera? Where can I um, look this up? Where can I see this happening on the Hedera mainnet? And one thing that was great about this article in the HBAR Foundation blog was they actually included at the bottom all of the wallet addresses, right, that are being used for this use case. So this is really exciting. And I don't know if this has happened 
like this before. Like the community will go and hunt down topic IDs and wallets and different stuff like that to do some detective work on these various use cases. But this is one of the first times or one of the few times that I've seen a use case go, yeah, here's our, here's the uh, topic ID or wallet for carbon emissions. Here's it for dispatch transactions, financial transactions, the, the KPL stable coin, like really great. So if we look at this right here, are the carbon emission tracking for uh, the quick pick use case right on the Hedera mainnet, right? They're happening right here. If we go into one of them, um, we can look at the metadata in the uh, transaction to HCS for this use case, right? So um, we've got the request ID. That's some little bit of data. Uh, distance, right? So that miles or kilometers. The vehicle type, motorcycle. The date and time uh, and the carbon emission. Uh, seems pretty straightforward. That's, you know, and again, live right here on, uh, on the Hedera mainnet. So that's very interesting. Also too, like, let's go back again. Let's look at, um, the dispatch transactions, right? Um, again, right here on the mainnet for this use case, you can literally just look up these transactions on the mainnet. Uh, you know, here's someone ordering some something, right? So, that's very cool. And then also we've got the uh, stable coin transact, the, the stable coin here. So here's the stable coin that's used for transactions, um, which is very, very cool. Um, and again, this use case is live on the Hedera mainnet, although it's small, it's tiny, but mighty. Uh, and so, yeah, this, this, uh, article on the head on the Dara blog concludes noting that quick pick is beginning to scale beyond Nigeria and its activities are generating transactions on the Hedera mainnet related to deliveries, payments and carbon tracking. So this is really interesting. And the most interesting aspect of this use case um, is something we've been seeing more and more that I think, you know, the Hedera community gets a little stoked about, which is this team was originally planning to build on Polygon. And they decided to move production to Hedera, citing the best-in-class sustainability credentials and capabilities for supply chain and logistics use cases at scale. So again, we're starting to see um, enterprise or startup use cases migrate from other networks to Hedera. That's something we've been wanting to see. And it's happening. It's really, really exciting to see. Um, we've got a couple more stories here. Uh, before we before we kind of start to wind things down, um, just another you know quick shout out to everybody. Really appreciate folks supporting the show. Again, I'll just throw it up here again. Um, really easy to support the show. H bar tip. I can buy more equipment for the show. I can get some more stuff rocking. It's what it's all about. It's great to see the show averaging, you know, a couple hundred listeners, five hundred listeners on on spaces every week. Um, it was funny too because early on, the show was only live, right? It was it's it's so cool to have these recordings and now go to video um, and do all these things. So very very exciting stuff. Um, another story here that's kind of breaking right at this moment that's really exciting to see is um, regarding uh, HCS twenty, which is 
something we talked about extensively this year on the show so far, and also something that is uh, having a big transformative moment currently uh, going through uh, what's called a jubilee. Um, so for folks unfamiliar with HCS 20, this is the use case that will, um, that'll allow Bitcoin ordinals or ordinals on any other network to start leveraging Hedera right away. This is also a, a standard that could be used by your local grocery store for their points or whatever. It's about points. It's not about tokens. It's about, um, allowing projects and companies to create point systems that offer similar, um, uh, offer similar qualities to tokens, but not the regulatory concerns, right? You can't necessarily make liquidity pools for these things. It's just a different way of operating. And to, to really, for anyone not familiar with this or, or not really understanding kind of what the point of it is, what this is about is, to me, it feels a lot like the EVM equivalence um, conversation, right? The EVM equivalence stuff is about um, you know, hey, we've got Hedera, we got this network, it's awesome. We got all of these other developers out there on other networks that use Solidity, that use smart contracts, that use the EVM. Let's make it as easy as possible for those people to pack up and go and come to Hedera, not have to change their products or services or companies, um, and just have it work out of the box. That's the goal. And I think a lot of people, there's a lot of conversation around EVM equivalence of saying, well, why water down the Hedera network and and use smart contracts when the consensus service and token service are so much better? What's the point? And so the argument's made, well, it makes it easier for people to move over. So, you know, there's that. HCS20, on the other hand, although it's the same kind of thinking in my brain as I go, well, okay, there's this standard out on all sorts of other networks like Binance or Bitcoin or whatever you might call it, that just spread it up out of nowhere, that was ordinals, um, that was this little standard. Well, let's look at Hedera and go, well, we've got this Hedera consensus service that is literally exactly what these other networks are trying to build, that they can't build, that the networks can't quite facilitate. Um, what if we just added a simple standard to Hedera to utilize the consensus service? And it's that same thing. It's allowing people on other networks to that are leveraging ordinals to just pick up and come to Hedera. And it's no joke. We're talking about, um, you know, we're talking about millions, billions of dollars of activity um, that can now easily just hop and skip over to Hedera. And it's very exciting. It's very cool stuff. And it feels like the EVM thing, but just a little different. It's multiple pathways opening up. And so what this Jubilee is about is, is it's basically just a big upgrade to the standard based on feedback from the community. A lot of feedback is about like, well, how can we exchange these tokens or how can we stake these, or sorry, not tokens. How can we exchange these points or stake these points or how can we leverage them for DAOs, right? Decentral, uh, decentralized autonomous organizations, all these different types of things. People want HCS to do more. Um, so people following along, um, if you're excited about HCS 20, pay attention right now. Uh, there's big stuff happening with the standard. That's what, that's what a Jubilee is. It's basically a um, massive, huge upgrade. Uh, and it's going to be very fascinating uh, to see what's going on. Um, now, 
another thing that I want to quickly bring up and just touch on that's exciting is Hashpack um, has been doing some upgrades to uh, their wallet. They've got some really cool things added. One of those things, most notably, is an NFT launchpad aggregator. Um, so I want to give a shout out to Hashpack. This is really cool because um, we've seen a lot of different platforms start to try to bring things together a little bit. There's NFT drops, there's token drops, there's all these different types of things happening all over the place. Some people have a hard time keeping track of when they're happening or what exactly they're about or how to get into it. A lot of people use Hashpack. So it's awesome to see wallets starting to build in these user experiences, you know, close the gap between um, a user and being able to interact with a project. Um, so with this case, with Hashpack, they've got a new uh, NFT launchpad aggregator, which basically means you can go into Hashpack and search a project or collection and be able to see, um, you know, what mints are coming up and what is what does the mint look like, right? How much supply is it? How much is it? And actually just be able to go and click a button and participate in it. Uh, so when we talk about bringing in liquidity into the ecosystem, when we talk about giving people things to do, this is what I'm talking about. This is giving people great things to do. Um, and also too, you know, we see other, you know, other wallets doing this like Kabila and Blade. And we also see, um, platforms like NFT platforms and analytics platforms and all sorts of different things. They're all starting to integrate with each other and interoperate with each other. That's what I'm really exciting to, uh, excited to see, right? No longer do we have these kind of siloed experiences and applications. You know, this is directly related to the conversations around Wallet Connect, right? We're starting to see interoperability happen within our ecosystem on new levels, um, which is awesome, awesome to see. I want to share a quick clip with people. Um, this was something important that I wanted to touch on and highlight. Um, and it's involving the recent, um, you know, there was, there was like, what was it? Four and a half, 4.8, almost 5 billion HBAR of funding from the Hedera treasury that is being dispersed to um, the governing council, a small portion. And then, uh, well, I say small portion. What I mean is 600 million H bar. Uh, but then the, the, the lion's share of that disbursement is going to the foundation and all sorts of different projects and everything. And I think that that kind of news, we talked about it extensively in previous episodes. So go listen to that hashgraph.news. But the aftermath of that and the aftermath of those discussions is just kind of confusion. It's like, well, how does that work? What does that actually look like? Like, how does that H bar move? Um, and there was a great explanation that, um, Rob Allen, again, uh, from the governing council that he broke down for everybody on the H bar bulls show about what's actually going to happen and how does it all work. And so I wanted to just, uh, play that for everybody. It's just a little clip here. Um, from the H bar bull show that I just think Rob Allen does a great job of just, you know, summarizing what it's all about and how it all works. So let's, uh, let's listen in here. So the allocation out of treasury is voted on by the governing by ESG, you know, that Hold market, on. that climate finance it. market. I have these shortcuts for my, for the, like cutting the camera angles. And so I think that YouTube thought I was trying to move 
to a different uh, a different time in the video. I was not YouTube. All I'm trying to do is change my camera angle. We're learning. We're learning all the time. Um, so what I want to do is just find <laughs> find the part of the video here. Okay, here we go. The LLC, which is the uh, the governing council, allocates funding to Swirls Labs, to uh, the foundation, to the very professional production here, guys. Now to the DLC Science Foundation and potentially other organisations as well as we as we further um, decentralise. So the allocation out of treasury is voted on by the governing council. And this happened um, in Singapore. Um, actually, it happened subsequent to Singapore because there, there was a quite a, a lot of um, discussion and debate about it and a lot of work goes into doing these things. The process is that each of the, the foundations, the organizations prepare a case for um, further grant funding to do a particular job. And that allocation, once agreed by the council, gets transferred out of the treasury account into accounts for each of those um, allocated ring fenced, if you like, for each of those foundations. This is what has happened with this most recent tranche. It was always going to happen. And, and now it's, uh, the vote has been taken to, to do that. What then happens is that the, that, that funding isn't given to each of the organizations. What then happens is because the governing council then Spotify and Apple by ESG, you know, that market, that climate I hit the button again. Was predicted <laughs> to go from team, but then we when the, uh, the governing council we'll get, we'll get back for um, further grant funding. Here we go. We'll get we'll get back to it. I have to I have to figure that out. Discussion and debate about it and a lot of work goes into doing these things. The process is that each of the, the foundations, the organizations prepare a case for um, further grant funding to do a particular job. And that allocation, once agreed by the council, gets transferred out of the treasury account into accounts for each of those um, allocated ring fenced, if you like, for each of those foundations. This is what has happened with this most recent tranche. It was always going to happen. And, and now, it's uh, the vote has been taken to to do that. What then happens is that the that that funding isn't given to each of the organisations. What then? Also, real quick, it's going to be. This is another reason why it's going to be really interesting to see the governing council meeting minutes uh, from uh, from Singapore, you know, and and subsequently leading up to this disbursement, right? November and December, like, what are the conversations? What are the votes? Um, regarding the, these disbursements, that's going to be really interesting to see. What then happens is because the governing council is, you know, very broad and we meet only once a month and there are uh, different time zones involved, a lot of the actual day-to-day -day, um, work of the governing council is um, delegated to the board. And the board um, are a number of directors who have been uh, appointed, voted for, and appointed to the board to to do a lot more of the the heavy lifting on behalf of the governing council. The board have a finance committee, which is day to day responsible with the management team, the executives and management team within Hedera, to release that funding against contractual arrangements or agreements that are um, made with the the foundations. So even though it's arm's length, even though that there's no control whatsoever between the two bodies, 
there is an agreement to for foundation, for example, to do a job, and then the um, the funding is released on the basis of um, that agreement. So it is true to say that four plus billion um, HBAR have been allocated to the foundations. That's the, the vote that's just been taken and the allocation that's been made. The HBAR themselves are not released into circulating supply. That will happen over the course of the next two, three years, however long it takes to distribute those HBAR. And they are specifically allocated for ecosystem development. So the, um, the foundation, as we know, provides grant funding to uh, develop the ecosystem, to build the HBAR economy, to provide grant funding to, um, to projects. THA, the Hashgraph Association, uh, runs the Hashgraph Innovation Program. It's announced that it's building a ventures studio. Um, it runs the Enterprise Program. So all of these are uh, you know, project support in a different way to foundation project support. The DLT Science Foundation has its own remit, does its own thing, and it uh, receives um, the HBAR allocation and, and uh, subsequent release for doing what it is doing on behalf of the, the, the entire ecosystem. So, you know, it, it sounded like a big chunk of treasury, but it, if you think about it, it's doing a lot of work, right? It, that's And that's really the key takeaway for me, um, which is like, you know, this is not Hedera, like, you know, minting a bunch of HBAR or releasing a bunch of HBAR or selling a bunch of HBAR. Like literally all this is, is it's just, it's, it's kind of just like budgeting. They, they've all, they've always had this HBAR and they go, well, we've decided what we're going to do with some of this HBAR and here's what we're going to do with it. And the reality is, is it's going to enter the marketplace over the coming years and, I think it's a positive thing. I think it, these types of things can definitely, when we talk about awareness and we talk about retail and we talk about these types of things, this type of stuff does bring attention to builders and companies and DGENs and stuff of like, there's money available to bring ideas to life and, and make things happen. So it's up to these organizations to be responsible for how that H bar is um, distributed. But it's there and it's good to have there, especially as we're entering again, a possible bull market. We want growth. We want support. Um, I also want to share a quick clip from <clears throat> Max Walker Williams interview uh, that was posted this morning about Davos 2024. Um, I think this will be the last time we talk about Davos, but um, just wanted to bring it up because it was a great clip, but there was one piece in here that was just kind of cool from Claudio at Swirls Labs. Claudio is kind of like the branding designer, uh, marketing guy at Hedera um, that works very closely with the Swirls Labs team. And, and uh, you know, he basically shared an insight being at Davos and the types of people you're surrounded with and experiences that you have um, that just kind of jumped out to me a little bit and it was kind of cool. So, uh, we'll just play that really quick here and uh, check it out. Um, your video went live with him as well, and and he talked about how busy he was. This is, this is pretty uh, cool. Having him there this year was really, really great. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, just I was on the, say, so uh, Max, I was just going to say that the whole journey getting to our space too, like security one day was an hour long. The next day it would be only 15 minutes long. 
but the amount of business cards and the caliber and quality of, of people that we would meet in line. Uh, one time they held me back and uh, the president of Argentina walked right by me and I had a quick hello with him. You had, you had, a, you had an opportunity to, to, to meet some pretty um, influential people um, and some, some game-changing people, Bill McDermott, um, Jamie Dimon, like a, a number of people that were coming in and out of that, of that hotel um, was awesome. And then one night I remember sitting in the, um, in the bar and we were, um, we, uh, I was, I was speaking to a, a person who was a professor at a blockchain at UC Berkeley. And, and I, and I said, Hey, are you free right now? Would you like to join us for our dinner and our panel discussion? And he's like, Oh my gosh, I would love to. And I walked him right over and I got him a seat at the same table with Lehman. And now him and Lehman are buddies and they, they hit it off. Uh, and so, so just some really great opportunities, which last year we just didn't have, uh, yeah. And, and it speaks to, you know, I think that that's, that, that was really interesting to see kind of, um, that, that interview, just cause they basically touched on the fact, I think the big theme of last year at Davos versus this year at Davos was with the Hedera house where they were on the promenade is was very difficult to get important people and leaders and CEOs to kind of come into the exhibit. They had that space, all, uh, uh, you know, as cool as it was. Now, you know, this year they were kind of in the heart of the action at the Belvedere Hotel and lots of people flowing through. And it was just a different dynamic. They went to where those people are. Um, but I think they had a lot more success this year at Davos than they did last year. And that was just kind of cool hearing that clip. I was like, oh, a new friend for Lehman. Taking a sip of my bevy here. We're going to start uh, winding it down here a bit, guys. Um, what, uh, I'll, I'll talk about two last stories. Um, one of them is, is regarding um, Lethos. We talked about gaming, right? The need for good games in the ecosystem, all these different types of things. A lot of people look at Lethos, this, you know, Web3 native AAA gaming studio on Hedera that a lot of people are excited about, of course. And uh, there was a great tweet that came out. Um, I think a lot of people are waiting to see what Lathos is going to do. A lot of people are waiting with uh, bated breath. And so there's a, there was a very cool tweet that was shared from uh, arc.eth. They say, quote, I'm currently overseeing two console quality games as studio design director at Lithos. I've never been more busy, but also never been more excited in my entire career. Both teams on both games are outstanding. Can't wait to be able to share more. So it's clear that some big gaming stuff is happening um, on Hedera. And I'm just noticing a little bit of a theme of, some of these use cases like Lithos, like Neuron, like Bank Social, all these different types of things, being more vocal on on X and social media, um, a little more candid. It's it's just interesting to see that you know holding things a little less close to the chest. It's, you know, it's exciting. I love to see it. Um, and the last thing I just wanted to touch on today, a tweet that was sent out by uh, legend and creator in the ecosystem. Uh, Vasizi, Vicente, shout out. Um, big news story in the music industry was <clears throat> UMG, the world's biggest music company. And I don't say that lightly. This is the world's biggest music company, Universal Music Group. They say they will remove 
their artist music from TikTok this Wednesday when their contract expires after failing to reach a new agreement with the platform. They have failed to reach an agreement on fair compensation and AI protections. It looks like that is happening today. As people know, TikTok depends on music. That's a big part of the culture there and it's a big part of the content and UMG pulling the plug on that is not good for the platform. So uh, Hedera creator Vicente says, quote, music industry giving uh, TikTok lessons on fair deals. The irony is real. Artists, remember, if you are not building your own platform, you're at someone else's mercy. Own your community. Control your destiny. Simple. So shout out to Vasizi, um, Vicente. Um, and yeah, as a musician myself, you know, I've been in the in that, you know, system. You know, I got a publisher and different things like that. And it's crazy. I don't get paid royalties till nine months out and everything. We've talked about how, the, you know, amazing the intersection of DLT or Hedera and music is. It's always something I've been very excited about. Um, uh, so that's just one thing to keep, you, you know, it's a very, it's going to be a very interesting dynamic to see it's, you know, again, the largest music company in the world is pulling the plug from TikTok. There are shakeups happening in big ways for artists and web three is at the center of it. And I'm going to be very excited to see, um, you know, kind of how that unfolds, um, and what, what could be happening, you know? So what a week, um, jeepers. Uh, we had a lot of stuff happen this week. I mean, we talked about, you know, a new governing council member joining that nobody kind of saw kind of slipped under the radar a bit. We talked about the really, the big, the big story today was like the need for liquidity in the ecosystem and all of the different opinions from community members on that topic. It was really great to see all that. I think I might just clip out that part of the show and post that as like a long video, just reading through those responses. Cause it was really great to see, um, you know, quick pick delivery use case live on the main net HCS, HTS, uh, very, very fascinating stuff. Wallet connect going live. The ripple co-founder hacked saucer swap is growing. Neurons putting out a token, um, HCS Jubilee. I mean, it's a, you know, like I said at the top of the show, lots of people would say, ah, it's a little bit of a slow news weekend, Adara. I beg to differ. I beg to differ, folks. If you look at what's happening beyond governing council member additions, beyond enterprise use cases, beyond all that stuff, this community is growing in a very, very big way. And the next step is about liquidity. Right. And that's why I called the show insert coins to continue because that's kind of where we're at. We will like without those new pathways and gateways being established, right. Without um, allowing these people on the sidelines to really jump into Hedera and removing those barriers without growing awareness and getting new trading pairs and tokens and stuff on exchanges without giving people more things to do with their H bar in the Hedera ecosystem and having new DeFi things like lending and borrowing and retail oracles without those things, this ecosystem will hit a ceiling. We don't want this network to just be something enterprise uses. And 
it's not going to work well for enterprises if they're the only ones using it, right? Like we talked about Hedera is best for enterprises, but it's not only for enterprises. And that's the reality. We will hit a ceiling at some point without these new things happening. And I think that what gets me excited is knowing that the community is so strong and knowing that these types of conversations are happening all over the place, like not just on this show, but like all over the place every day, all the time. And I know that there's arguing and bickering and there's FUD and this and that that'll pass. I really think what's important right now is um, really just staying focused, right? Keeping our eye on the prize um, and understanding that we have to insert coins to continue. Um, and a, just another big shout out to, uh, you know, um, another big shout out to supporters of the show, tipping the show. Um, this is how I make the show better. This is how we grow the show. This is what it's all about. And I think that, you know, there's a bright future for this show. I'm so excited for some of the stuff coming. I can't go into details about it too much, but I mean, video is going to be a big theme of the show going forward. Uh, and I think that, uh, yeah, I, I've heard rumors that Twitter spaces is going to be adding a video component as well. So there's just so much change happening in so many different ways. 2024 bottom line is 2024 is going to be a crazy year. Um, and I think it's gonna be a crazy year, um, in a good way. So as usual, anybody listening live now on Twitter spaces, um, if you, see someone listening you want to connect with, please reach out, connect with them. You can just click on their profile picture and send a message. Genfinity is doing a big Twitter spaces right now while this one's happening. So um, I encourage people to go head over there and, and check that out. Always good stuff. And uh, with that, as usual, hello future. Goodbye past. Thanks for listening to the Hashgraph Enthusiast Show, hosted by Brandon Davenport. Listen to past episodes and support the show at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. Oh yeah, I've got to change that. The the um the URL is wrong. You can you can you can go to itsbrandond.com slash hbar, but you can also go to hashgraph.news, which sounds cooler, so Another thing to do. Another day, another thing to do. Take care, everybody.